Well, the virus has now killed more than 100 people in China, and new cases have been confirmed around the world. So you don't want to frighten the American public. France and South Korea have also got evacuation plans. But you need to prepare for and assume. Strongly warning Americans to avoid all non-essential travel to China. That this is going to be a real serious problem. France, Australia, Canada, the US, Singapore, Cambodia, Vietnam, the list goes on. Health officials are investigating more than 100 possible cases in the US. Germany, a man has uh, contracted the virus. The epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide. Japan, where a bus driver uh, contracted the virus. Coronavirus has killed more than 100 people there and infected more than 4,500. We have to prepare for the worst, always, because if you don't and the worst happens. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. <laughs> Omar Jamal is the latest Project Veritas insider. He secretly recorded dozens of conversations in and around the Somali community in Minneapolis to expose a rampant voter fraud scheme. I think Ilham Omar is one of the people who are behind all this mess, and, and they have a lot of people that work for them that make sure that you know, tasks get carried out, ballots collected, uh, there's a cash money exchanging hands. It's an open secret that everybody knows it, but they don't talk about it. Will they do it again for the next election, general election? Yeah. yeah. November, I'm saying, I'm Yeah. November is, is uh, actually the gearing up for November, yes. 80,000. Welcome. It is a war room pandemic. Tuesday, the 25th of September, year of our Lord, 2020. We're live from Capitol Hill, but what you heard right there is from Minneapolis, and it is cash for ballots. Oh, there's only been nine cases in the history of the Republic where there was ever voter fraud. There's only been ever, you know, nonsense, nonsense, nonsense. They're going to be buying them by the pallet. And uh, there's an additional breaking story there. Uh, Jack Maxey, uh, Raheem Bassam with me. We're live in the nation's capital today. Uh, we'll be doing a split duty the rest of the week. We'll be in both in New York and in, um, and um, thanks for cutting the fan down, Vish. Now I can hear myself. <laughs> this is the warm, I'm trying to get ventilated, a little warm. Um, Maybe you'll get your cue now. Uh, exactly. <laughs> um, this, is, uh, this is what it's all going to come down to. It's all going to come down to voting by the pallet. I just had a... Uh, a tremendous early morning with Rudy Giuliani going through some things. Rudy's going to be obviously very involved in the punchback on this. And we're glad and we're honored. Look, we, we give the guys at Media Matters and other people on the left a hard time. But we, we have a lot of respect for these people. They're very smart. They're very tough. That's a democratic system. I love the fact that they fight for their ideas. I, I, I'm not crazy about all of them. Some of them, I think, are, are, are anarchists, and I think that they don't have the best intentions of the republic. But... I like full-on, full-throated throwdowns, and we're going to have one right now. But one thing has got to get cleaned up, and this is where, you know, you're not a racist, you're not a nativist, you're not anything. If you just want a fair and, and accurate count of the, of, the, of the vote, we can see what's happening here. You can see it's information warfare, it's lawfare, it's information warfare, and it's, it's in the streets. All three are converging. 
Donald Trump, and now they're hitting you with the polls. They, these polls they're coming out with now are, you know, they're, they're meant they're meant to depress you. Don't don't until they come out with a poll of likely voters in a booth on November third. You know, don't be depressed. This is this is going. The president's doing a job. He's grinding, uh, and this is going to be a fracas. I mean, you see the information warfare. The New York Times come out with a story. Just a mega hit right before the right before the campaign, right before the debate. I happen to think I was on John Fredericks. John reached out to me. I actually did the John Fredericks radio show before doing Rudy's. And tonight, uh, for a, a note, uh, I'm actually going to be on the circus with John Hallman. I don't know if they announced that. Maybe I should wait till they <laughs> they do it. Talk to Hallman, but I'll be uh, on the circus with Hallman talking about the debates. Um, the New York Times. I know we want to get into the voter fraud and Veritas, Neil McCabe, James O'Keefe, rock stars to get, to get this. It's expanding. We got a situation in Houston where they've indicted some guys, I think, or brought some guys in. It's expanding all over the country. This is why you volunteer to be a poll watcher. This is why you volunteer to be an election official. You got to be in the room with the, when the knife fight starts. You got to be in that room questioning every ballot. If a ballot's legit, it's legit. But hey, Legit. I mean, if you make a decision that you're not going to do the secret ballot, that you know people are going to have paws on this, on your ballot, going to have hands on your ballot. You realize the chain of title is going to be important. But the New York Times, the information warfare. I want you guys to jump in here. I, I think the White House and campaign are too defensive. Like, oh, it's a political hit, and and it, man, they shouldn't have leaked my 20 years. They are. I got that. Let me write that down. They sh- I got that part. That's they they wanted to blow you out of the water. This is part of the Park Avenue versus Scranton. The Joe's from Scranton. He's really the guy from Wilmington and represents Wall Street. Trump's the populist, yet he's the thing. Here's the thing. The tax code that Joe Biden was there around for 40 years, the tax code in our country is structured so that entrepreneurs take risk and capital is put forward for, what, for employment. Really, in our country, the structure, and I realize some of the populists, and I don't love the tax structure, right? So I'm not sitting here giving a full throat, but what is, is, right? And President Trump's tax accountants and lawyers are fantastic, like guys in the real estate development business and in the hospitality business. First of all, there's 20 years of of, uh, tax returns. If there had been anything questionable, they would have sent it over to to the Justice Department Civil Division first. So the IRS could have come back and shaken him down for some more cash. You know, he took tax credits. He took depreciation. He took all those things. The New York Times hasn't linked anything, right, because they don't want to out the culprits. They haven't linked anything, so you, you really can't get into that. But if there had been any, if been any wrongdoing, trust me, the IRS is not shy about getting the Justice Department on the civil division. They thought anything bigger than that had been the criminal division. So over 20 years, hey, you got ample opportunity. In addition, he's created tens of thousands of jobs. The bankruptcy laws and the – which I know are not perfect, so I'm not trying to bring down the reign of the populist on me. The bankruptcy laws and the tax code, kind of some of the theory back of it is how do you, in bankruptcy, protect companies so they're not – so try to protect the workers to the degree you can, to keep them as operating entities. That's what Chapter 11 is supposed to be. And on the tax code, to try to make sure that you're rewarding people putting capital at risk. Trump put capital at risk. Now, the question is, did they get return on capital? All that, it's kind of tough to tell. But, I mean, Jack, you've been doing this for a long time. You're a financial advisor. It seemed to me the guy had good tax lawyers, good tax accountants. He's Look, he's an aggressive businessman. He's aggressive in these golf courses. The thing that does show is that, and I realize a lot of these are just book entries. They're not cash entries. 
his love for the golf courses, maybe just love for the golf course, I think $200 million, at least in, in book losses. You don't know how much in cash because the way these things are depreciated, it's very, very complicated and tough to tell. But it does look like the golf course is a little bit of the pa- a passion project, right? A passion project, and also they, you know, they may be overvalued, right? You're valuing, you're having an outside person value. Well, that's what Nancy Pelosi is sitting here whining about the four hundred million dollars. He looks under leveraged. I, I mean, you could sell more log or any. They're sitting there going, "Oh, they got foreign powers, and how's he going to pay it back?" And I, Nancy, you know, here's Nancy. Here's what you should do. Your husband, who ran the, I think, the limousine company, right? Uh, that that all of a sudden is a gazillionaire. Because he's such a brilliant investor, because you were kissed into all the friends and family rounds and the high tech guys that you were shaking down for donations to the Democratic Party. Understand, he's he's fairly unlevered, right? So he could he sell some of these properties if he had to to pay the debt off. I don't yeah, think I that's mean, an issue. Mar-a-Lago alone is probably worth two hundred to two hundred fifty million dollars. The biggest joke is you have the New York Times now following up with their big blockbuster nothing burger story about him getting away with not paying taxes. And today they've got a headline that says tax records reveal how fame gave Trump a $427 million lifeline, i.e. talking about how his, uh, you know, this apprentice and his celebrity uh, made him rich. Now, let's remember one thing. Both Clinton and Obama used celebrity to make them rich, but they did it after the White House. You know what I mean? Big difference. Listen, I don't think also as much as the New York Times came out and tried to make this Park Avenue versus thing. I, I don't. And today there's analysis out. Fourteen percent of the people haven't don't have their mind made up. I'm not buying that. It was about sixteen percent with Hillary and Trump in the run up. But that's because Trump was still an unknown quantity, right? He was still a media figure and a real estate developer and an entrepreneur. And 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 uh, you know, two thirds of those I think broke for Trump. I'm not so sure. Do you believe 14% don't have their minds made up? You don't think Trump's permeated every aspect of modern life that people have made up their minds? It's just about who the electorate that shows up to vote. Well, I think it's smaller than 14%. Um, I'm not sure how much smaller. It just, it just says now, I'm, I'm just quoting something that came out this morning. It said 14 No, I saw it. I um, saw it was like 4% or 6% or less. I saw it, and, and I actually talked about this on the show a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you were in for it, but, but the number back then was literally i mean margin of error it was like three or four percent said they hadn't uh decided so it's a big jump it's probably somewhere in between i think there are people out there and i i meet a lot of them um especially like uh, i've noticed retail workers and bar staff and those types who are like well i was gonna go with biden i you know uh, all my customers like biden and all this and then i say to them things like you know, he wants another lockdown, right? And suddenly they're just like, okay, no, I'm not going through another lockdown. I cannot afford that. And so I, I do meet a lot of people on the fence um, out there. I'm just not sure, you know, I'm not sure how much they're disclosing to these pollsters because I wouldn't disclose much to the pollsters. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the undecided are probably people who are going to vote for Trump but aren't willing to say it to a stranger. The, um, I think it's a very good analysis even about the entire polling thing. I want to go back to let's go back to what Veritas is doing and go back to the to, to the heart of it. Um, what about uh, the, the cash for ballots? We're going to see a lot more of this. I know Veritas got other stuff going on, but people around the country, there's this issue in Houston. I think you're going to see coming forward. This is also why you have to be a volunteer. Push out the media all day long. Sign up for a get out the vote. The group we talked to the other day, that Vishber was so great to set it up. They were. 
the Metropolitan Republican Club, the Young Republicans of New York is fabulous, but the National Federation of Young Republicans, or national, the Young Republican National Federation, they start the, the event off by saying, hey, we've done 10 million door knocks or one-on-one -on -one contacts via phone banks, 10 million. And I revved them up and said, hey, you got to do another 10 in the, in, the, in the next 10 weeks, but they were out all weekend with Vicious Club knocking on doors. This is one of the biggest game changers is that, you know, uh, Biden's, the Democrats, because a lot of it, they got to use union guys when they do these pay services. They're not doing any. Everything they're doing is digital. They're not going door to door. The Trump people are out and they're motivated. And right. you can see this. But you're going to see much more of this, of, of what Project Veritas is doing, what we saw at this thing for the radio audience, maybe a little garbled. This is the, they're dropping the next shoe, and this one's even more brutal. I mean, this one they're actually talking about cash. I guess the president has requested DOJ yep. uh, hit it. But is Michelle Malkin's got a breaking story this morning? Is she saying the guy went to the FBI? Yeah, the guy who originally found the information, Michelle reports, went to the FBI, and they did nothing. And that's why he went to Project Veritas. And to me, it seems that there's a, a theme here with going to the FBI and watching them sit on information for months and years at a time. There'll be more on that in the days and weeks ahead. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's pretty shocking, particularly when they go, okay. We're going to reset here. We've got so much to go through this morning. Plus, uh, breaking news, uh, Liz, yours telling me that the Vatican is signing, is it said today, why Pompeo's in Rome, uh, where they're not going to meet with him. Pope Francis is too busy to meet with the Secretary of State uh, after he called him out that they're going to lose moral authority. Cardinal Zen goes over, 88 years old, 13-hour flight, eh, too busy. So they announce when Cardinal Zen gets back on the plane, hey, take this back to Hong Kong with you. They're going to sign the... They're going to sign the uh, the secret treaty extension with the Chinese Communist Party. A lot to say with that, with the firebrand Liz Yor. When everybody hashtag we're in pandemic, everybody on 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 streaming, push this content out. Particularly, we want to hear what you're doing. Time to get engaged. The great conflicts. Um, uh, uh, we're in the middle of it right now. November third is hurling to it. Today's the debate. We're going to hear Raheem Kassam's. Uh, you're going to have the pre-show. We're going to have National a mock debate here. You're going to have, you. the, you're going to have the pre pre-show. The pre-show, come on, dude. It's not. It's not. It's not even. <laughs> we're gonna have a. We're gonna have the pre-show, the National Pulse, the pre, the National Pulse pre-game show, here in the next segment. Raheem's gonna go through everything on the, uh, on the debate. We're gonna take a short commercial break. When we return, hashtag War Room Pandemic. Want everybody commenting? Tell us what you're thinking. So much going on. And have you found voting by the pound? No, you've got to be a poll watcher. You have to be an election official. Back in a second. We don't need the genius. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Yeah, Jake, we've been transferring the office of the presidency from one person to the next since 1796. I'm confident it's going to happen again in January 2025, after President Trump finishes his second term. But you are not at all disturbed by what he's saying about uh, if the ballots aren't counted, then I'll, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's really quite alarming to a lot of Republicans, his refusal to say, of course, if I lose, I, I will abide by a peaceful transfer of power. 
Well, Jake, what the president was saying is that he's not going to concede in advance, especially when you have so many states changing the rules at the very last minute for mail-in balloting. He's since said that if there's a clear winner, if this courts settle a contested election, that of course he will. But the premise of the question that you just played me, Jake, is that the president's going to lose. I don't think the president's going to lose. The president is going to win. This is just another case where the Democrats are projecting some of their own intentions onto Donald Trump. It wasn't Donald Trump who sicked the FBI on his uh, opponent. That was Barack Obama and Joe Biden in 2016. Hillary Clinton is the one that said Joe Biden should concede under no conditions. And it was Hillary Clinton's former campaign chairman who projected that if Joe Biden loses, he would recommend that California and Oregon and Washington threaten to secede from the union to change the results. Right. The Democrats are the ones who should be pressed on whether or not they will accept a loss in November, because it doesn't sound to me like they will. You're here at the uh, the Platinum show, or the or the granddaddy of all the shows dealing with the pandemic. You know, the, the mainstream media kind of comes and goes their interest. If it can hurt President Trump, they're interested. If it can't hurt President Trump, they're not interested. Why did we start war and pandemic? In fact, why did we take an hour out of the war room impeachment show and then eventually went to all war room pandemic? Um, and uh, why in the spring when people came to me and said, oh, the pandemic's over. You guys, I said, no, this thing's impervious to heat and humidity. It's going to be big in the summer. And we have we have open and frank conversations. We've had, you know, guys in here that are more to the Jack Maxey school that let's just be iron men and, and do um, um herd immunity right and uh and you got those and we've had some of the great uh medical people on we've also had people on that are that are also not um that are more to the side of hey lock it all down and we try to have all the science we, we believe in evidence-based science-based um database that's why we were so big on hydroxychloroquine to me it's pretty obvious about these thera therapies uh we were the people that helped get the defectors some of the defectors out of china from these labs that are sitting there telling you this thing is not natural, didn't, didn't come from a wet market, didn't come from a bat cave, came from a gain-of-function experiment. Now, you can make a decision what you think is a bioweapons program or just guys doing gain-of-function experiments they're not, they're not uh, capable of containing, but it's an it's a incontrovertible fact of what the Chinese did after they knew about it. It's called COVID-19 for a reason. 19 is the year that people knew this thing was going. The Chinese Communist Party held it up. Now, what's happened... And this is why we're at the vanguard of this issue about the plot to steal 2020. And here's what it is. And we've disagreed with this. We've tried to do this in a reasonable, responsible manner. But remember, we were mocked and ridiculed. I talked to all these guys I know in the mainstream media in January. I was doing this and said, Bannon, you're a nutcase. This is a, the sniffles out of, out of China. Somebody's got a cold. And it wasn't CNN. These guys weren't telling the pandemic until after, I think, President Trump Gave which they never talk about his Oval Office, his Oval Office speech. I think on the 11th of March was the 11th or the 14th, something around there, right? Went before Nancy Pelosi's people are down in Chinatown saying, "Oh, you guys are xenophobes and, and racist and natives." Not understanding the Chinese people were the ones, the biggest people, the the group that was going to be hit the hardest with this, and they wanted um, the United States to do what the United States was doing, President Trump. So what happened? Mass hysteria. We've had another virus. That virus is mass hysteria. Bernie says it the other day in his speech. 75%. Bernie's number is 75%. Ours is 69%. It's somewhere in between there. 69% to 75% of the Democrats do not want to go and vote on an election day. Why? They've been traumatized. They've been traumatized by the Chris Cuomos. 
Watch that show at night. It's it's crazy town, right? So they've traumatized their base. Hey, I got it. They're good folks over there, but you traumatized them. And now they don't want to go and vote. So you got to come up with another system. This is what we started talking about. And then Raheem got all over the transition project in July and August. Uh, Bill McGinley started coming here in July. I started looking in June just on, this, on, the, on these primaries. The one that stuck out me was New York. Democrats, primary, run by Democrats. The woke capital of the universe, Brooklyn, 30% of the ballots were never certified. It's non-certifiable. 20% in, the, in, the, in where all the know-it-alls live, Manhattan, right? 20%. I go, uh-oh, this is, let's look over the hill, gentlemen. This is signal, not noise, okay? There's a lot of noise. That's signal. Because take that six months forward, take that to where you got, just do the math on the 69% to 75%. You've got, um, you know, 60 to 80 million ballots that got to be processed, and you got to get it all certified by Safe Harbor on the 8th of December to make the Electoral College on the 14th, or you're hitting tripwires the whole way. And all of a sudden you notice you got the, this tran- the transition, and, and, and we played Cotton because he's absolutely right. Republicans should not fall into this thing of nomenclature. What's the first thing we try to do in the war room when we do either do impeachment or 2020 or do the do pandemic? Get the nomenclature. Let people know what the terms are. Get the concepts. Then you can start having your own mental map. Your own, the two things you do is you get nomenclature, kind of constructs the ideas, and then you get critical path or process. Once you give that to people, they can start thinking about things, and they can make up their own mind. They can contextualize. What we, it, and so in the contextualization – we do appreciate the, 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 uh, the left wing and, 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 and liberal media for identifying the fact that w- this is, we're a war room. We're not here to entertain people. We actually do this to kind of get people focused. Our purpose is to make sure that the deplorables in Lao Beijing in China, and I want to thank the GTV and G News guys, didn't give them a shout out earlier for the Mandarin, um, understand the information. And then they can make decisions on their own, right? That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to raise the bar. And in this one, November 3rd, it, you know you have a problem. And here's the problem. Michael Bloomberg tells you what the problem is. The Hawkfish guys come on Axios, HBO, because Raheem Kassan does the, tra- he does the annotated version of the transition project. And he says, hey, there are four scenarios here. And what's glaring, they ain't got a fifth scenario. The fifth scenario is where Trump, Donald J. Trump is up 404 electoral votes on 11 o'clock on the evening of the 3rd. And trust me, ladies and gentlemen, he's going to be walking into the Oval Office tweeting, hey, (laughs) guess what? Game over, okay? And you're going to have to deal with it. Maybe the networks don't cover it. Maybe Jack Dawsey, who just gave the $10 million to the radical guy up at uh, Boston University that's all over uh, the glorious ACB. By the way, had the NRSC do Notorious ACB? Guys, you can't do that. You can't, they put the T-shirt out, Notorious ACB. Yeah, we had yeah. all one was Glorious ACB. It's gl- Glorious ACB. You can't yeah. do Notorious. First off, that's, that's Justice Ginsburg. That's her territory. That was a great handle. You can't, you can't do that. That's called a clunker. Okay. Well, the best part was you had uh, Nancy Pelosi yesterday misspoke, and it was uh, all over the Internet last night. No. Well, oh, was, no, no, Nancy Pelosi. She's called her notorious B.I.G. That was Kamala Harris. Oh, Kamala Harris. Forgive me. Well, Bish Kamala Harris still thinks Tupac here. is the greatest rapper alive. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cube's got something to say about that. But you talk about economic nationalism. Also, in our platinum program, we're going to get some new sign, get some guys to sign up, right? 
Senator Harris, I, I don't know, right? You can't camp. I don't know about that. There are going to be some guys debate that. No, but here's let's go back to the point. We're giving talks all the time, and here's the thing I'm 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 really enthusiastic about in this national tour, is that the level of sophistication already. I want to I want a hat tip revolver, uh, citizens free press, the Michael Patrick Lay. That's why we try to have a different guy on every day. What finger? Obviously, National Pulse doing so much, so much of the intellectual heavy lifting. Brian York did a great job, but it's got to be every day. This is a real, this is this is combat, okay? And this is going to be, and, there, and hey, the opposition is, look, how long did it take de Blasio and others to get up there and say, oh, we're going to bring criminal charges on President Trump on his taxes? Something the IRS have had him for 20 years has never even done. They said they went right to the criminal. The IRS has had these for 20 years. Never turn it over even to the civil division to come back and handle. And what they try to do is they give it to the Justice Department civil division so you got more muscle to shake you down for more money, right? Because you're normally prepared to write more bigger check if the Justice Department's involved than if just the IRS, right? So they haven't done that yet. What are they, listen, lawfare, they're, gonna, they're, they're, they're coming at this legally, right? You've got information warfare. The New York Times is weaponized information. They specifically weaponized that to do to play into the narrative of Scranton versus uh, Park Avenue. And Joe Biden, the, the guardian of the Park Avenue interest, is now supposed to be Joe from Scranton. That's, that's the biggest, phoniest thing I've ever seen. Why has the New York Times no one gone through? And just look at his record. This is my advice to Rudy and Jason and all the guys on the team. Have Trump come off the chain. Joe Biden wants to, wrap him, wants to jam him up on policy. Bring it, brother. Bring your policies. I would, I would, I would make Joe Biden's policies a suppository, right? A sub, and let, make his trade policies suppository. He's already said, first thing I'm going to do is re-sign up for, uh, I'm going to get back in TPP. I'm going to re-sign up for Paris. Joe, you and your team ought to be watching the first 20 minutes of the Hofstra day, the day one uh, uh, debate. You, you'd be talking happy talk on TPP. What, TPP is going to be a suppository, okay? <laughs> be, be prepared to be on the receiving end. Trump ought to go off the chain on, on trade, of what he's done on trade for working class people versus Joe Biden. But my point is, this is now a conflict. Let's just say what it is, okay? But we don't want people to get violent. People shouldn't be violent. We're, we're all, we got the winning arguments. Hey, the reason it's going to be a conflict is because Trump's going to win on the third. Right. The bold red predicate is what you have to undo. And look at all the smart guys in Vanity Fair in New York. They're all saying, hey, here's the problem. This is why the media's got to shut it down. If Trump declares victory and that people are looking at when they go, what did Bernie say? When they go to bed at 11 o'clock and Trump's up, hey, you know, we got a problem. Bernie's finally, you know, getting, getting rational. We'll be back with the bait prep. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Uh, 
in terms of the debate, yes, uh, we're seeing here a couple things. The first one, the Trump camp already working the referee, if you will. Bruce Wallace, the moderator of Fox News, uh, who the president has sat down with a few times already uh, in this year, has had tough interviews um, and, and has complained afterwards he didn't feel like they were very fair. Uh, Vice President Biden, though, has not sat down with Wallace, and Wallace does have, uh, obviously, a very good reputation, and he's the only 2016 moderator uh, to get another chance uh, this time around. As far as the president's strategy tonight, expect him to throw the kitchen sink at Joe Biden. That's what his aides have, have told me uh, as we've been writing in the run-up to uh, tonight's event. Uh, yes, we're going to hear a lot about Hunter Biden. We're going to hear a lot about Joe Biden, another 47-year career politician. We're going to hear about his ties to China and so on. They're going to try to paint this picture of a Washington insider uh, who uh, his, he and his family have, have benefited from corruption uh, in that time in Washington. And of course, there's no evidence. The Trump campaign is not pointing to evidence of any of them. We believe he'll win on November 3rd, and with a free and fair election, I believe he'll win. All right. As, we, as, as Ben Tracy pointed out in the piece, your own FBI director says he has seen no evidence of, of widespread of voter fraud by mail or otherwise. Well, with all due respect to Director Ray, he has a hard time finding emails in his own FBI, uh, let alone uh, figuring out whether there's any kind of voter fraud. This is a very different case. The rules are being changed. And so what, I, what I'm suggesting is perhaps he can drill down on the investigation that just started. Others that we're seeing uh, in North Carolina and other places where multiple ballots, duplicate ballots are being sent out, perhaps he needs to get involved on the ground and and he would change his testimony on Capitol Hill. It's hard to believe when you see the kind of money that he has made from China, from Russia, where the wife of the mayor of Moscow gives him three and a half million dollars and nobody even has any question about it. Why did he get three and a half million dollars? I'll tell you why, because Joe Biden was in on it. Joe was in on it. There's no way that he wasn't. And uses Joe Biden's plane, Air Force Two, Uses Joe, and they go to China, and then he comes back, and he never mentioned it to his father that he just got a billion and a half dollars, and now it's turning out that it's much more money than that, really. It's turning out to be much more money from China. They have uh, a member of the Chinese Communist Party gave him a lot of money, uh, and the press has no interest in these stories. It's it's just uh, it's very disheartening for the people of our country. It's very disheartening for the people of our country. That's the President of the United States. Okay, we're going to give you signal, not noise. Here's the signal. Jonathan Lemire, right? Associated Press. Uh, he's the guy on Morning Joe. Good reporter. Solid guy. Been in this town forever. There's no evidence of... Remember, this is the mantra. No evidence. Stand by Associated Press. There's no evidence. Here's the... Here's... I was on Broody's podcast. It'll be up tomorrow. This morning. Here, here's the thing. I'm going to give you some signal, in particular the media matters. Write all this stuff down so that when it all comes to realization, you heard you can it ignore first. it. Yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> now I know why you hate Raheem. Um, wherever, there's a pattern to the Bidens. There's a pattern. Wherever Joe's involved, right, you see, you see the brother and you see Hunter kind of around the hoop for access. The um, And I said from day one, and remember, I was chairman of the government accountability. We did Clinton cash. In fact, the reason I was brought into the campaign in 16 because I was the Clinton hammer. I didn't know Trump. We barely knew each other. With 88 days ago, they, had, they wanted to bring in somebody that was a hammer on Clinton. 
right? And she walked right into the trap. I mean, she went to the identity politics. He's a Breitbart white supremacist. I said, man, what a what an idiot. You know, didn't talk about economic nationalism, decline of the of the country. It just we just ran the tables on her. And although we did draw an inside straight, I'm the first to admit that. Uh, but that was by focus, focus, focus on where you had to go and what you had to do. Um, the the power, and I said at the time with uh, with Schweitzer when he was starting the book Secret Empires, Russia and place like Ukraine. I've said this from day one. It's a side. Ukraine's a sideshow to a sideshow. Russia's a sideshow, right? China, the Chinese Communist Party, not the nation of China and not the Chinese people. We have a huge Chinese audience. Lao Beijing, thanks to G News, G Media, whistleblower movement, new federal state. The um, but Biden, and here's the beauty of the. Here's the benefit from, from Senator Johnson and from Rudy and from all the guys, John Solomon and all these guys, Peter Schweitzer, all of them have been all over Ukraine. I hate to break it to you, and particularly with the three and a half million dollars from the mayor of Russia going right into account. No, they don't care, and it's not going to matter. Okay, I realize it's corrupt up to his eyeballs, but you see the way they get involved. Rudy brings up a thing about Iraq. About the, they don't care. They've already deemed the, the Ukraine thing is, uh, is irrelevant. But here is what they jammed Joe Biden to do. And the president of the United States tonight, it's imperative to him in front of the nation to get Joe Biden to defend his words that my family has taken no money out of China and we have no financial relationships with China. This has been his mantra. He, he blew off. He had Mike Allen on Axios HBO show. Um, and by the way, I, Mike Allen's a lovely guy. In, in a media genius, I would have liked to have Jonathan Swan. Why don't you have Jonathan Swan? You had him in, uh, you had him in, uh, in uh, the president's face. Why don't we get him in Joe Biden's face? You got Mike Allen, the, the courtly Southern gentleman, but even he was pressing him, and Biden just dismisses it. Oh, stop asking these questions. It's irrelevant. There was kind of a look of shock on Mike Allen's face, but he backed off. But Joe Biden is adamant. I, my family has no relationships with the Chinese Communist Party and has no relation, financial relationships in, in China. That, sir, is a lie. And the Associated Press has to understand there is plenty of backup for that, which you call evidence. So, Jonathan, you laid it out. There's no evidence. So I assume, sir, when you see the evidence, you've already heard testimony. It's, in, it's, it, it's kind of the addendum to the Johnson investigation that came from testimony and from depositions they just didn't they just didn't kind of make that up it came from somewhere they may not have all the documentation but there's documentation out there oh yes there's documentation and here's let's be frank about it they're in business with the worst part of the chinese Communist party cefc right china energy and cefc is china energy funding committee okay hunter biden and the brother, and the family, they're in partnerships. They're in partnerships in New York City. In real estate partnerships is a thing called Hudson 3 West. Senior members of the Chinese Communist Party. And the Chinese Communist Party is providing the funding. They're providing the cash. The Bidens are kind of like the finders. They got this situation with, C remember, CFC, another thing that goes just like H&A and just like on-bond insurance companies. One of these things that goes from some regional thing making $50 million, revenues $50 million, to... Uh, they, CFC was $48 million revenue to $200 billion. The guy, uh, Yi Zhang Ming, 
the the Wunderkind. He was the he was the guy walking around New York City writing huge checks to everybody. The foundations they were walking him around to the to the cultural aspects of it. And and, and by the way, the top five guys at CFC, Patrick Coe and a couple of them are in prison in China, right? Uh, Brother Yi is missing. They, they, they think if you talk to guys in China and guys in the t- territory, they say, oh, no, they killed him, just like the H&A chairman. It's funny. These chairmen, you know, all of a sudden they fall off. You know, H&A fell off a three-foot wall in Provence at, at an abbey. Well, it was three foot on one side. It was 30 feet on the other, right? Oops. I'm just taking a selfie. 65-year-old guy, never taking a picture in his life. Oh, I just want to take a selfie. Wow! <laughs> Dead. Okay? The guy at CFC. The Bidens, the President of the United States, hey, trust me tonight. He's coming hard. Right? Just like on Hillary Clinton. The, the, what, what do you do is the last time when she's supposed to be the policy expert? When they try to get you, boom, shut it down and pivot into what you want to talk about. And on Joe Biden, he ought to take Biden up on his policies. And he ought to take Biden up on his corruption. Biden is the swamp. The managed decline of the United States is the topic, ladies and gentlemen, in 2020, just like it was in 2016. Okay, the managed decline by our elites. Joe Biden is the concierge, right? He's not particularly bright, right? He's not particularly sharp, but he's a glad hander, right? He's the concierge. He's the official greeter of the managed decline of our country is Joe Biden. And that's what the president of the United States has got to has got to hang on him today. And those voices in the president's ear saying, "Oh, be subtle, be nuanced." <clears throat> drops first off, subtle and nuanced is not in your lexicon. But no, you, you're a puncher, right? This is a puncher's fight. So you know, make Biden go to his cut man early. I think you ought to throw down. I think the president will walk in and say, "Hey, look, here's my drug test. I just took it, Joe. Show me what you got." Right? Jam him up. Jamie, what is the president saying? They're very subtle. Getting a big fat shot in his ass with the Adderall, right? Jamie, well, Raheem, we only got through. We're going to stay in the next segment to do this. I'm going to turn to you, you and Jack, with a more reason. I'm just giving you the boom, go in hard and heavy. Well, look, I mean, I've been through all of the um, articles as well, written by all of the geniuses here in D.C. who have never done a, a day's work on a campaign in their lives. But there are a couple that stand out to me. Ryan Lizzo is a particularly interesting one uh, over at Politico. And the NPR one is actually quite interesting, uh, you know, the guide to the uh, presidential debate Raheem tonight. He reads these so you don't have to. Yeah, I mean, you've got to know where these guys you got to know where these guys uh, heads are at. And um, what is clear across the board is that everybody recognizes that there is a very, very low bar for Joe Biden going into this. Every single article says Biden could benefit from greatly diminished expectations. Right. And and, and, before we go further, why why was that allowed to happen? Why, Why? Why? Why do we lower the bar? I haven't lowered the bar for Biden. I keep telling people, hey, look at Paul Ryan. The bar was lowered for, you know, Ryan was the superstar. He was really the guy. And Joe Biden, I thought bested him in in in, in uh, when they debated the VP. Yeah, but I, look, I will push back on that a little okay. bit as well. And all the talk that we do on this show about sundowners and all that kind of thing has contributed to the idea that Biden actually probably can't stand up on a okay. debate stage at 9 p.m. for oh, two so hours. So we're part of the bringer for that. Then I take it back. Then well, yeah, back. I mean, I think a little bit. You got to own this stuff. Uh, but but this rationale to it, you have to explain the rationale behind why why we would necessarily go there, and the reason we would necessarily go there is because. This debate doesn't decide much, Uh, and that comes down to the difference between whether it's 2%. uh, One of these articles, the New York Times one, I believe, here says uh, only 3% of voters in a recent Monmouth University poll said the debate was very likely to help determine 
their vote compared with 87% who said it was not likely uh, to affect their choice at who, all. Who they, but their choice is different than I'm going to vote. Remember, to me, it's about the electorate that, sh- the electorate that shows up on November 3rd. Right. I just love getting the media on this. November 3rd, the vote that counts, okay? If, 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 Biden's, if Biden gets crushed tonight, that's going to say, they're going to say, you know what, we should have picked Bernie, we should have gone that's better. You know, this is a comp. Listen, the left, and this is why a bunch of Democrats listen to our show, and we're going to, the working class, uh, Bernie guys, we're going to get all over him. Biden's, Biden's the, con- he's the official greeter of the Wilmington post office box. That is where the global corporations get their mail so they can go into an easy federal court across the street and win their cases. Right. They understand he's a compromise candidate. That's what you got to be. That's what we ought to be hammering every day. Candidate the transition candidate. This is what we ought to be hammering every day. Every person that you get to listen. It's one thing to get flip somebody to vote for Trump. And this is about this thing about the, the, the black vote in the in the campaign. I don't remember seeing the data, but hey, the whole point of what the hell do you have to lose? Why you see the platinum program coming out next last week? You see other uh, these other celebrities, Ice Cube, who's no fan of Trump. You see him talking every day about economic nationalism. The point is to say, <clears throat> hey, you may not vote for Trump, which is a pickup of two, but hey, maybe you don't vote for Clinton. That's fair. It's definitely fair. The Democratic Party hadn't done anything for 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 black working class people, right? Economic nationalism, Ken, you take it out, right? Yeah, well, when we come back, I want to talk about what the uh, what the president's going to do, how he's going to come out of the blocks. Uh, and the NPR article has something very interesting about being deferred to for four years and how that's going to affect his mentality on that stage. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. No, but don't underestimate him. Look, he's been doing this for 47 years. And I got a debate coming up with this guy. No, it's not. You never know. You never know. They give him a big fat shot in the ass and he comes out. And for two hours, he's better than ever before. You know? The problem is, what happens after that? Nah, we're going to ask for a drug test. We are. I'd like to have a drug test. Both of us. I'll take it. He'll take Because I watched him in the debates with, uh, you know, with all those people, those Democrats. The one who treated him worse was Kamala. You know, something that's very different about four years ago is that what was very tough about Donald Trump and what Hillary realized, too, she never thought he was easy, was that within the kind of word salad, he was very laser focused on trade, health care, um, mm-hmm. uh, the swamp and, and immigration. And no matter how odd it was sounding, he banged on it over and over again. Yeah. That's the pivot. You pivot and you bang on it. Okay, we're going to go through uh, to make you smart tonight as you uh, as you watch this. Raheem's gone through NPR and all this. They've tried to lower the bar. Remember, they're going to immediately come out. This is going to be – the reason this is an important night to watch, because I'm not a guy who says, hey, everything hangs on debates, um, is because of election night. This is about the media. This is about how the media is going to try to shape reality. This is all information warfare. And what they're going to do, try to do is, is shape going in, how it's going to happen. They're going to try to shape uh, coming out. 
So, uh, Raheem, why don't you go, let's continue on with your analysis. You want to come back to this NPR article, but it said something that I think is very interesting here. So they spoke with Alan Schroeder, um, who's the author of Presidential Debates, 50 Years of High-Risk TV. And what Schroeder said was what happens with an incumbent president is they spend four years in office being deferred to and agreed with. It's difficult for staff to challenge a sitting president directly. So by the time they get up on the debate stage, they're not used to being spoken to forcefully and directly and being criticized. They're all also by definition out of practice and then he goes on to show how different presidents have struggled when they are incumbents to come back on the debate stage and, and, and really make a punch but that's different this time because this president has been directly challenged by the media in the Rose Garden in the press briefing room uh, every, or, you know when he's leaving out to, to get on the airplane every single time and he's been challenged publicly by a lot of his former staff. So this president won't actually be um, out of um, He's out trying of to extrapolate from the first Romney-Obama debate, yep. where Obama was like royalty, and you could tell, had not been, guys in the White House had not been pressing him. Romney won that first one, then Romney reverted to, let's just play defense, and I can beat this guy, which was wrong. But you're not going to see that out of Trump. Right, so that's what I think, is I think, again, uh, some of the expectations are incorrect because they are dealing with something that's almost unprecedented in terms of how this president has had to um, lead for the last four years, which is from a combative stance every single time. So there's no distinction there. The other things I think are very interesting is... Um, the political article raised the uh, question of optimism. Will there be any optimism tonight? Will either candidate express any optimism tonight, or will it just be punch, punch, punch? Uh, and what will the public respond to in terms of that? I mean, if it's pure negativity upon negativity, I think it's going to be a 50-50 split. I think there's a no-change scenario there. I think the person that comes out on top is the person who, at the end of it, can go, look, You've seen what we both have to offer. I'm the future. I'm the you know. I'm the guy who's going to lead you to these sunlit uplands. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that. I don't think in punching or when I say go on the attack, it's not to be. First off, I don't think people want false optimism. I think this whole thing. Oh, they want sunny. And I've seen Biden's thing. Let's have a group hug. We're in a crisis, right? We're in a crisis as a country. We're in a crisis of this pandemic. We got a, a world economic crisis. We got this um, existential threat in China. It, it, we're not, this is a tough time, and we've got some tough economic times to go through. I think you can be, I think you, what people are looking for, I think are realism. When you attack Biden, it's the fantasy he puts up. He puts up a fantasy, right? It's like a Potemkin village of his, of what he stood for, right? Strip that away and be hard about it, but give folks a reality. I think but people I think want to be respected enough. My belief, look, I'm just one schmo. I just think people know we're in a crisis and what they want is somebody that has enough respect for them as a citizen and an adult, to address them that this is not going to be all, you know, puppy dogs and some like uplands. We're going to really go through some I think tough you times. are looking at that from a particularly tough cookie perspective, though. You know, there, there, there are people out there who are so weary of this year and need some hope. And a lot of those people are, do fit in the independent or swing voter category. They do need somebody. To, I'm not saying you need to pet a puppy on stage. What I'm saying is they do need somebody to come along and go, listen, life will improve. We are going to improve. Yes. Uh, and I think that's something that the president can well, the realistically president, look, point he, to his he, record on. He's always he's an optimist. I yeah. mean, he's he and I, when we had these chats before on my theory of the fourth attorney is like it's all apocalypse um the it all comes true but it's all apocalypse the no he's an optimist i mean he's yeah. like that's why he's an entrepreneur that's why he's in the in the hospitality business he's in the media business these, these are optimistic 
businesses, right? A little signal from the noise in terms of how important this is across America. Breaking just now, the Philadelphia Firefighters and Paramedics Union endorses President Trump. This is a big deal because this wow. is a Democrat town. It represents about 5,000 retired firefighters, current members. The head of the union says the members of Local 22 respectfully break with the undemocratic IAFF endorsement of Joe Biden and pledge our full support to President Donald J. Trump. Local 22 members were surveyed and overwhelmingly chose Trump. They know what is at stake in this election, and this endorsement should be a wake-up call to the entire IAFF leaders that they have lost touch with the will of their membership. This is huge. And last night I was doing some analysis with guys in Pennsylvania that said, talking about this, knowing this was coming, they said there's a couple of precincts in Philadelphia that have always voted Democratic. They're going to go because the cops and the firemen are not going to have it anymore. They said this city's out of control. Mm -hmm. We're going to back Trump's the law and order guy. We're going to back Trump. That's why you see today they dropped, they weaponized and dropped. the Trump's nine points down in Pennsylvania. Guy dropped the poll. Don't believe it for a second. Great call. You've you've got things coming. The guys last night, and I want to thank those guys, they said, hey, even Philadelphia is not going to vote like it's traditionally voted. Part of this is the unions that actually live in the city because by charter, I guess they have to. Mm. Uh, and it's that's incredible for unions like this that never, ba- never yeah, cross the ever. party bosses, never cross the party bosses. This is why you're in a crisis time. This is my point about I think give people reality. They want to show the respect. And, and, okay, let's take it. Let's take it. Let's take it. The market's going to tank in the morning if Biden is seen to have won, right? And that's something. President needs to have a home as well. I'm not so, okay, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a challenge you on that, so sure on that. Okay, we'll be back in a moment next episode.